With you this morning, you might want to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, and we're in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm reading from verse 38. Matthew chapter 5, and I'm reading from verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye, and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, Turn him of other, uh, him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you, take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers... What are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay, so we're carrying on with this spiritual journey. And uh, this morning we are thinking about the fact that mercy is kind to enemies. Mercy is kind to enemies. It gets better and better each week, doesn't it? Doesn't it? First of all, we said that, you know, you have to forgive people whether you want to or not. And then we said, you've, you've got to help anybody that's hurting, uh, no matter what it costs you, you've got to help them. Whether they're grateful or not, you've still got to help them. And then we said, you know, when we're faced with difficult people, you've got to be very patient with them and understanding, and you've got to show them mercy and love and grace. And now we're saying, (laughs) you've got to be kind to your enemies. It's not easy, this following Jesus thing, is it? It's not easy. And uh, not only is it not easy, it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally, but it does come supernaturally. All these things, we cannot do them on our own and in our own strength. We do need God's help and we do need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. If we try to attempt these things on our own, we will fall flat on our face. But if we ask God to help us and to fill us with his Holy Spirit and his grace, we will be able to achieve these sometimes seemingly impossible things that Jesus asks us to do. So mercy is kind to enemies, and this is week five's memory verse. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. And slow to become angry. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. That's the memory verse. And it's from James 1 uh, verse 19. So. Mercy is kind to enemies. Mercy is kind to enemies. And the first thing on your sheet is a reminder. That mercy is about love in action. Mercy is what we show to people Mercy is what we do to people. We show God's mercy and we demonstrate it in the way 
that we treat people. I don't know if you've noticed that a lot of these things that we've been thinking about is about how we react when faced with people that need forgiveness, people that are hurting, people that are difficult, and today when faced with people who may be our enemies. It's how it's about how we react, how we are. And uh, the Bible helps us. And uh, first of all, again, it's on your sheet, um, we need to think about recognising the enemy. Recognising the enemy. And you say to me, Richard, Richard, I haven't got any enemies. What are you talking about? Uh, I've only got friends and acquaintances and work colleagues. I don't have enemies. And that's why we need help in, in recognising who uh, the enemies are. Because uh, we might not immediately recognise. But Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. And you might say to me, where does it actually say that? Uh, because the Old Testament certainly does talk about uh, loving your neighbour. But I'm not sure that it does talk about hating your enemy. Uh, have a look, see if you can find it, because I couldn't. I couldn't find anywhere in scripture that it said, hate your enemy. And then I started to think about it. Well, actually, maybe it doesn't need to be written down because maybe it's just something that comes naturally. Uh, you know, we love those people that we like and get on with and love us back. Uh, but people that are nasty to us, uh, well, it comes quite naturally to be nasty back. Uh, and even to hate, you know, an eye for an eye, uh, a tooth for a tooth, uh, that kind of thing. So, who are your enemies? Who are your enemies? Well, in Jesus' time, uh, there was a very obvious enemy because they were living in an occupied land and uh, the Romans were occupying their territory and uh, the Jewish people didn't like it. And uh, they didn't like the fact that these Roman soldiers could uh, command them to, to walk a mile and carry their bags and, and, and could treat them really nastily. And so when Jesus was saying, you know, you've got to love your enemies, they were probably thinking, I hope you don't mean those horrible, nasty Romans. And of course Jesus did. Uh, but for us, like I said, the enemies are not really quite that obvious, are they? Uh, maybe it's that person who cuts you up in the traffic. And uh, have you ever have you ever mistakenly um, cut somebody up, and they've kind of got a little bit angry, and they've even maybe shaken your the, the, the fist at you or gesticulated in some kind of way? Have you ever had that experience? And, and part of me wants to kind of stop and get out and not have a fight, but just say, "Hey, what you know? What, what are you so angry, what are you so angry about? <laughs> I just made a, a mistake. I got in the wrong lane at a roundabout. Please, uh, you know, forgive me. Gosh." Uh, but hey, maybe not. Maybe it's not a good idea because somebody might attack you. Uh, or what about uh, those annoying people that phone you at uh, the most inconvenient times? And uh, before you've got any uh, a chance to kind of uh, to say who you are, they've always launched into their, their spiel. And uh, they know your name and you don't know theirs. And they want to, to sell you something or tell you something. Uh, are, are they the enemies? Or what about people that have different opinions to us? Uh, what about the people that don't agree with us? Or people that think that we are wrong? Uh, I don't know if, you, if you're in your small group and you, uh, you watch the video, uh, Rick Warren was sharing uh, some of his own experience of, of having other ministers 
that do nothing but criticise and and, 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 and and kind of tell people what a terrible person he is. And uh, his response was that he wasn't going to... Well, he couldn't stop them saying the things that they were saying. They couldn't control how he responded. And his response was to think only highly and good things about them. And I thought that was uh, a great example. And uh, anybody that stands here in this position uh, is going to take flack, you know. Uh, I have experienced, uh, you'll find it hard to believe, that sometimes people have taken me to one side and, and told me that I was talking absolute rubbish and, and, and where did I learn these things or hear these things because I was definitely wrong and people sometimes do that. And uh, it's okay. <laughs> if, you, if you stand up here, then you are going to get... But obviously Rick Warren stands in a much bigger pulpit and has a much bigger audience and is going to attract a lot more kind of hatred. And it's, it's, it always strikes me strange that, that Christians... Uh, in, 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 in faithfully wanting to tell people that this is what the truth is, how easily they cross that barrier, that line, and it kind of turns into this hatred for somebody that thinks differently. And we do need to be careful. We, that's not to say we can't challenge people and discuss people, and that's why we enjoy having the cafe church where we take, you know, difficult issues and, 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 and try to kind of tease out what people think, and we accept that people will have, even in a small congregation like this, quite different opinions on matters. And we say that's okay. And we remember that memory verse, you know, be slow, be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. So many Christians uh, give a bad, bad example by falling out quite publicly about what one person believes and what another person believes. And the impression it gives to the outer world is that these Christians are always fighting and hating rather than loving one another as Jesus told us to do. So if you don't like my preaching, call that number and tell God. <laughs> you see, love like Jesus goes beyond the law. One step beyond. I might have got a song then, but anyway, carry on, carry on. One step beyond. Jesus' love goes beyond what the law says. The law says to love your neighbour. Jesus goes beyond that and says, you've got to love your enemy as well. You have heard that it was said, this is what Jesus would, would, would often teach. He'd say, you've heard it said this, and I, I don't know about you, but I imagine... The crowd kind of being, you know, quite reactive. So Jesus has said, you've heard the, it was say, you know, an eye for an eye. And everyone would go, yeah, yeah, come on, preach it, that's great. And he would say, yeah, but I tell you, uh, do not resist an evil person. And they'll go, boo, hiss, no, we don't like that. And Jesus would say, you've heard it said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. And they'd go, yeah, yeah, come on, this is what we want. And then he'd say, but I tell you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And they'll go, boo, no, we don't like that sound of that. Because what Jesus was teaching was going beyond uh, what the law said. You've heard it said. And this is what it says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. How can we do that? How can we love people that are antagonistic, that are against us? Uh, that are saying nasty things about us. How can we do that? How can we love these people? Well, this is where mercy comes in. Because, you see, Jesus died on a cross while we were yet sinners. 
God's love is unconditional. God doesn't just love people that love him back. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And as we remind ourselves of that, when we are then faced with abuse or whatever it is uh, being hurled at us, the challenges that we have to respond in a Christ-like manner, not as we would naturally respond as human beings. We see it played out in the world all the time. You know, the tit for tat, the eye for an eye, the hatred that we see that people have for one another because they've done something or said something or, or whatever it is. Uh, and so often our world responds uh, by hating. And even, you know, uh, in, in politics we see it played out, don't we? If you don't like somebody's politics, how often, you know, we see these things on Facebook that people put on, don't we? But how often does that cross a line sometimes into kind of vilifying the person because of their views? And it's so easy to, to kind of fall in and get dragged into, get dragged into things that we really shouldn't get dragged into. Uh, we should demonstrate the same love that Jesus demonstrated. So how do we do it? Well, we've got to be the ones who are taking the initiative in resolving the conflict. We've got to take the high road. We've got to be people uh, that reach out a hand even if it's not accepted. Even if the person's not interested in, in resolving. Even if the person wants to carry on uh, hating us or disliking or disagreeing, we've got to be the ones that are, are about resolving conflicts. You see, it takes two people, doesn't it? Uh, to have a conflict. And uh, we, we, we can choose not to get into an argument. We can make, we make that choice. We can choose not to get into a fight. We can make that choice. We can choose not to retaliate when somebody says something to us, we have that choice. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray. And what do you pray? You pray for God's blessing on the person that's persecuting you. You pray that God will bless them. You pray. You pray. And, and when we pray, uh, sometimes, I don't know if you've experienced we pray and, and nothing seems to happen. The situation doesn't change. And C.S. Lewis once was asked, you know, you know, why do you carry on praying? Uh, and C.S. Lewis responded by saying, well, when I pray, it doesn't change God. But it does change me. And you see, if you pray for those people who are your enemies, it will actually change how you view those people. Because if you're constantly praying for people, it will change your heart towards them. It will soften your heart towards them. And uh, it will change you. And who knows in the process, maybe that person will be changed. Maybe they won't. But our love, if it's going to be like the love that God has for us, is not based on how it is received or how the person responds. We're just called to love and to show mercy. So I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How many people do you know that really live like that? Do you know any? Do you know any people that really live like that? We, we, we know what we're supposed to do. But, you know, let's get real. How many people actually live like this in the real world? Do you know any? The few and far between. 
Martin Luther King says, loving your enemies far from being a pious injunction of utopian dreamer. This demand is an absolute necessity for the survival of our civilization. Yes, it is a love that will save our world and civilization. Love even for our enemies. And every now and again in history, you get people who live out this command of Jesus in extraordinary ways. They choose not to strike back. They choose only to offer love in response to hatred. And when people do that, other people stop because they are amazed and that's not how, how things normally are. That's how people don't, people don't normally respond like that. And it has an effect. It affects people. Because they start thinking, well, why is this person not retaliating? Why is this person saying such nice things about the other person that's saying such hateful things? It makes people stop and think. It's a God thing that happens. Tom Wright says, when they struck him, talking about Jesus on the cheek and ripped the coat and shirt off his back, he went on loving and forgiving. He didn't show love only to his friends, but to his enemies. Weeping over the city that had rejected his plea for peace, he was the true embodiment of the God of whom he spoke. You see, Jesus' ministry was so effective because... He didn't just speak about God's love, he demonstrated it. So nobody could be in any doubt about that love because it was demonstrated in miraculous ways. He reached out to people that nobody else would touch. He sat down and ate with the worst of sinners and he was abused and and, 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 and took all sorts of criticism because of that. He died a criminal's death on the cross. And when he was on the cross, did he call down God's judgment on the people? Did he, did he, did he retaliate? No, he said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. Jesus demonstrated how to love your enemies in the most amazing way. And Jesus goes on to say that you, you love your enemies so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Because this is how our family operates. This is how our family works. And if you want to be part of our family, these are the family rules. Does your family have rules? Do you have rules? Yeah. You have rules in your family that you expect family members to abide by. You know? You don't leave your, your, your dishes in the, in the lounge when you've had a meal you, and expect somebody else to tidy up. Well, we have all sorts of rules, don't we? That you expect the family to. And Jesus saying, these are the family rules. And if you want to be sons and daughters of my father, this is how you do it. This is how you live. This is how you react. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. Love like Jesus goes beyond what is expected. One step beyond. It goes beyond what is expected. We're expected, aren't we, to love those that love us. To be kind to people that are kind to us. To help people that will help us. And Jesus goes beyond what is expected. 
Love like Jesus goes beyond what is expected. And then it's about restoring the relationship. We don't just want to uh, offer reconciliation. We want relationships to be restored. That's what Jesus was doing in his work on the cross. He was restoring the broken relationship between humankind and God. He was enabling a way to be made so that we could come into a full and complete relationship with his Father in heaven. And if you greet only your brother... What are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? What are you doing more than others? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he knew something about uh, loving his enemies, didn't he? He knew a little bit about that. What makes Christians different from other men? It's the more than others. What are you doing more than others? It's the more than others that makes us different from other people. Love like Jesus goes above and beyond. One step beyond. Above and beyond. Above because it looks up to the Father in heaven and beyond because it goes far beyond what normal everyday people would expect. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And of course the tax collectors were were the dregs of society because of the way that they stole from people and embellished the books. And Jesus said even people like that uh, know how to be kind to each other. What more are you doing? Again, Tom Wright says, the kingdom that Jesus preached and lived was all about glorious, uproarious, absurd generosity. Think of the best thing you can do for the worst person and go ahead and do it. Think of people to whom you are tempted to be nasty and lavish generosity on them instead. You are to be like this because that is what God is like. And here's the challenge for this week. You know, this week, if somebody crosses your path, with a nasty word, a nasty gesture, if somebody upsets you, can we respond like that? Can we offer not only mercy but love and grace and blessings? Can we be a people that go about uh, just spilling God's blessings around as we people bump into us and upset us and, uh, and say the wrong thing to us? Can we respond like Jesus? Mercy, it's kind to enemies. It's kind. And that is the challenge. It isn't easy. In fact, it's very difficult. And uh, at the end of that passage, Jesus talks about being perfect. And we know that we are far from perfect. Even me, the minister, I am far from perfect. But Jesus says, be perfect Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, we look to the one who is perfect. And we try, we stumble, we fall, we get up again, and we try again to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Reaching out in love, even love for our enemies. The miracle of mercy concludes next week, and uh, Rod Bevin has the task of bringing you Mercy that cares for the lost. But this week, you'll be reading and in your groups, you'll be thinking and being encouraged 
to be kind to your enemies. It's fitting as we think about being kind to your enemies uh, that we finish by drawing around the table where Jesus demonstrated how God is kind to his enemies.